Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Take it from the Iron Woman. We only have special guests and something very special, very dear to me, obviously as a marathon runner, Shoes are very important. Everybody's always asking me, what are the best shoes? What are the best shoes? My answer is, whatever shoe fits you best. But now we have the CEO of Endo Running, Endo Running Shoes, Nava, with us. Introduce yourself. Awesome. Thanks for having me. My name is Nava, and I have a varied background. Right now, I make running shoes, but prior to that, I studied law. I was a lawyer, but never really got to practice. And I really got interested in issues of international development in terms of what causes poverty, what doesn't. And ultimately, I really like sports uh, from a different perspective, whether it's soccer, football, uh, running, um, tennis. I'm a huge fan. At some point, I knew that I wanted to create a positive impact in running. A bit more of my background is also that I come from a place near Eldoret, which is known as the City of Champions back home. So it's one of those places where a lot of runners have come from. The city is built by money that's gotten from prize money and is really the heart of running. This is a place that growing up, you always see people running and being part of that community made me see how there was this cycle where you have people who are at the top of their game. They make some money. A couple of years later, the money is gone and you have this person who is like a real real big celebrity, but kind of living a destitute life. And after seeing that a couple of times, I was like, why Why are they not making as much money as they should? Because they are superstars in their technical, but they're not making enough money to sustain themselves over the remainder of their lives. And so I realized that participating as a marketing agent in the sense of you're kind of just marketing, but you're not really in the business of owning or producing makes a big difference in terms of creating wealth. And in terms of valuing athletes for a really long time, that's where I started thinking of, I want to do something in sports. Initially, I wanted to do a tennis academy. I actually did a tennis academy for two years because tennis also is a sport that is completely underrepresented by Africa. Um, I wanted to change that, but that didn't work out. In that process of self-reflection, the question was, why not start with something closer to home, something that's easier, something that you don't have to get a lot of equipment that's when it just hit me. It's right in front of me. Running was the, the answer. And that's how the company started. Thank you for doing this because we all know as runners, shoes are the most important thing. You're part of this place where everybody's a runner. And how do you get to market the shoes next to all the famous brand? I want to congratulate you to take on this venture because that's not an easy journey. No, it's not an easy journey. I'm glad you recognize it. A lot of people actually think that 
it's easy to pursue. It's it's a different industry because it's very specific. It has had dominant brands for several years. But when when I did research, when my team and I sat down to basically say, what is it that we can do in this industry? We quickly learned that in as much as people, when they think about sports, have an idea of certain companies at the top, running was very peculiar. The top running brands were actually brands that were smaller. They were brands that had been around for at least a decade or slightly more. The runner as a person is someone who is curious, eager to try out what's the new technology and what's new. And so those two factors combined made us say everybody's looking at the fact that this is an impossible industry. But if you look at the facts and figures and the numbers, it's telling you brands like Hoka, like On, they are really penetrating the market in ways that nobody thought was possible. That's what gave us the belief to say if they could do it, we could definitely do it as well. Using the Nike slogan, just do yes. it. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Like, <laughs> but yes, we're like, it's possible. Let's let's try it. I saw your video clip. You were on CNN. That's another huge step that you were invited to talk about your company. I saw how proud the person was. Hey, we make shoes in Africa. I'm a proud person to be working there. Tell us a little bit more about that because that also adds the flavor and the enthusiasm and the passion into the brand? It definitely did. As I said at the beginning, the whole idea was how do we take that reputation and channel the benefits back home? And we were looking at countries like Germany and Italy that have renowned reputation for engineering and fashion, and they have managed to create industries from that that benefit a lot of people. That was the whole thinking of we need to tap into this global market, but we need to tap it into a way that is creating and creating value and adding value. So that's how we came with the idea of making the shoes in Kenya. Um, it has not been an easy journey, quite honestly, for different reasons. First, the infrastructure, capital, and so far is the only shoe performance footwear that was making on the continent. A lot of our, the others are just maybe lifestyle shoes, but performance, we were like the only ones. That was pioneering in a sense because we had to get everything from scratch. We had to look for the teams in China. We had to look for the teams in the US, in Europe. It was a whole global enterprise and doing such thing with very limited resources, we kind of had to be creative in how we fundraised, in how we did our marketing. But we also wanted to make sure that we are creating the shoes in Kenya. So that was how we started. Initially, we were designed in Kenya, made in China, because we were not meeting the threshold for value addition to say made in Kenya. It took us about five years to get to the point where we were able to get like a Made in Kenya certification. But that said, there are different challenges that came with that. It's something that as we grow, we are basically thinking, how do we, how do we grow in a way that allows us to still be local, but start the global market? Another challenge is a lot of what we do is development oriented. That comes from my own background in terms of how do we create value? But that sometimes conflicts with principles of capitalism, which is how do you maximize value? And that's that has been a key challenge because in as much as others can run a tight ship in terms of an efficient business, we recognize that we would have some inefficiencies, which we chose to do them because we the bigger driving goal was how do we make this thing last in Kenya. On your website it also says certified B corporation. 
yeah. and climate neutral certified. Tell us more mm -hmm. about that. It seems like you're passionate about what you're doing and you also walking the talk in your shoes. <laughs> yeah, for a number of reasons. One, if you look at the way the world is going, climate change is a big thing. And we wanted to be a company that is contributing. The, the performance footwear industry actually harms the environment significantly. This is something we want to do, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we are setting a path for what sustainable business should be. Then at the same time, in Africa, we are still not at that point where businesses are operating with an ESG perspective. Like we still are that accumulation phase where it's all about let's make money. And it was crucial to show that you could start a brand. It can be sustainable and environmentally friendly and still make money. For me, the bigger idea was, can we show other African companies that you don't like the future is about sustainability. The future is about caring for the community. And that was the bigger thing, quite honestly, in terms of why we did that. Because And we put it up so that we are telling other brands, like it's something that you can pursue as well. Then at the same time, it's also running. is a very outdoor activity. It's kind of connected in the sense of you want to run in a clean environment. Businesses ought to be responsible. The second phase also, you want to run, uh, running is a communal thing, at least in Kenya it is. So it's really about your teamwork. It's about showing up. It's about having people to also encourage you when you're going through a difficult moment. We wanted to make sure that the B Corp certification, it covers environment, people, communities. People is a really key important. Um, those are the reasons why we were thinking we need these certifications. First, to show that we are committed to what we are saying. Second, to build a community and a world that we aspire to, but we do it in our own small way. When did you start all? You said five years. How long have you been in business? We've been in business for now. This is the eighth year. The first two years, nothing happened because <laughs> we did more than we could chew. <laughs> we just realized that it was much tougher than we kind of like plans. Our first production, we thought it would take six months. It ended up taking a year, for example. Just getting the infrastructure and the legal entity set up and everything, it took a really long time. Getting the samples ready, approved, um, sharing them with the world, that took a really long time. Of course, some of those were underlying challenges, including access to capital as well. We spent the past two years basically just uh, my co-founder and I, the two of us just trying to lay the groundwork, set up the supply chain, talk to the local factories and see who we could partner with. Then 2017 is when we actually got the first production run ready. That was when there was an actual shoe. Then since then, we've kind of been progressively adding the shoes as we go. You said co-founder. I'm always curious because I'm a coach and I also come from human resources. Uh, how many people were you when you started and how many people are you now? When we started, we were two people. We were two people, at least the first employee came in 2018. So we were the two of us for like three years. And then we kind of pushed things along and then we started having staff as kind of like joining us at our peak. There's about 15 employees. Uh, we have a number of independent contractors. Then at the factory, which we lease, there are about 70 people end to end who work on the shoes. So overall, it's a big um, strategic execution that needs different people at different levels. 
Amazing. Tell us more about, you have a law background co-founder. What is their background? He's no longer in the business now. He just sits on the board, but he came from a social campaign background. That's what really put us together because we were very aligned. Uh, prior to joining, he was the managing director for change.org, which is essentially the platform that galvanizes the community to bring change. What I liked about him, at least what brought us together, was that I wanted to do good for the community. He had a background of social change as the future and bringing people together for social justice and kind of just tapping into helping communities that don't have a voice to have a voice. That's essentially what brought us together. That skill set helped him with the marketing, the community building, the outreach, while my skill set was more of the building of the company in terms of the, the setup, the operations and things like that. When you say you have 15, so what do people, what are their backgrounds? It depends. We have most of the, the people we work with are at least two to three years out of university. We try to create a system where we have an independent contractor who has several decades of experience and then we have like a young Kenyan who's kind of like learning and putting those two together. Mm. Hasn't been the easiest journey but that's also what I talk about intentionality and why we have to rethink business and how we do it because if you just think about getting money to the last cent you you wouldn't ever do that. You just want to find the most efficient way and the cheapest way to do something. But for us, the whole idea was if we are creating this industry and if we also want young people to be in a position where they can bargain for more in the global world, we ought to teach them these skills. We need to put them with people who know exactly what they're doing. On average, we kind of have people who are just about starting their career or kind of mid-career. They come from different backgrounds in marketing, graphic design, operations, accounting, different fields, uh, depending on the needs of the company. It seems like you put together a mentoring program. The one person has more experience and the junior person can learn from them. That was the idea behind the whole plan in terms of what you wanted to achieve, yes. Enda, enda means go, go. But yeah. when you are a runner, it's also about the focus, the determination. Where is enda going? What's next for you? Several things. One has been manufacturing in Africa has been a huge challenge for us. And so one of the things we said is we need to be able to grow an international brand while at the same time leverage economic resources that are available to us. Right now we are trying to pivot and get partners who can help us with a longer vision in terms of getting building the brand first, like building the brand, making it globally known that supports a longer more efficient local manufacturing because you can make a factory, but if you don't have the demand to fulfill that supply, then it's another white elephant. We have enough of those in Africa. We don't need any more. <laughs> the idea is really to expand the brand globally and just make sure, especially in the US, which is our biggest market, find a niche for ourselves just as other competitors of ours that we look up to have managed to find a niche in running and kind of like look up to that, but more so also change perspectives in terms of the sport. A lot of people use running as, not a lot of beginners, they see running more like a punishment. It's a, it's a really hard sport to start, and but then it's also a really hard sport to stop once you've started. And so it's really to get people to change their mentality about running and say, 
it is a communal activity. It brings you joy. It's about the process. It is about failing and studying again. It, it's not all these things that we think about from a worldly perspective. Running is really a personal journey of discipline and showing up. And it's just saying, if you apply these certain, certain fundamentals, which we call the, the run Kenyan mentality, like that's just, that's just what you need for life. All you just need to do is get started with the hope that when people get started from a running perspective, we know that the sport is addictive enough. Once you start, you don't stop. But it's also the idea that you're kind of like empowering people and saying, if a kid from the farthest corner of a village in the middle of nowhere can become a champion, nothing stops you really from getting what you want and being at the world stage in your own personal journey, because it's really about the mentality. What do you do when you don't work? It seems like you're a very busy person. What do you do uh, to relax? Can you uh, relax? <laughs> That's a good question. Quite honestly, I've been struggling to relax of late. <laughs> so I don't want to lie and say, oh, this is what I do and stuff like that. Now, the phase where I am at, I try to, I am actively aware that I need guidance in the form of where my career is. I try to spend some time with a coach kind of like guide and say, this is where we're going. Are we still remaining rooted? Especially these past two years have been, there's been a lot of change and I need to remain grounded in who I am. But on a usual day, I like walking a lot, like just to clear the mind early in the morning, just to, it's run, walk, depending. If I go with my daughter, it's a walk. <laughs> Sometimes if I go by myself, it's a run. But to just clear the mind and feel nature, like nature I feel is very calming. So as long as I'm working or being in nature, I feel like that really reminds me that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and also it reminds you that there's bigger things in life. Sometimes you worry so much about smaller troubles when you're looking in nature, when you're seeing the, when you feel the wind and the trees and you see all that, the universe is marvelous and wonderful. Like you ought you shouldn't be so caught up in your feelings, like just be be present and be part of this existence. In the running world, it's one step at a time, one day at yes. a time. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm also learning. It's not just about telling other people and working with the athlete. For every success that the world sees, there's a lot of broken hearts. There's a lot of people who never made their team. There's some people who made the team, but they got cut off because there was some superstar who needed to be over there. There are some people who get injuries that never, they never go back. There are some people who, even with the doping controversies, I didn't do it and it's super unfair and I don't have the money to fight it. But everywhere you look, it's really, I feel like running is, is a, I say it's a journey. Like every day there are challenges, but every day there are people rising up to those challenges. They may not doing it perfectly, but they are trying and they're coming back again and they're acknowledging their challenges and failures. I just feel like if we had that mentality in life, like a lot of people would be at a safer space mentally than when we have all these things on our shoulders. So it is a journey. There's no destination. Even when you win, you go back to the track the next day. Just understanding that it's a rise and fall, it's an ebb and flow. That's really what I hope we can be able to share with the world. That it's really, as much as we're selling running shoes, I know it's not about the running shoes. It's really about you as a person. The running shoes will help you if you're getting the right shoes and making sure you're comfortable. But ultimately, you are the person who puts in the work. 
it goes with everything and anything. Yes, Success exactly. is you have to do it. You put the shoes on, you go, but you still have to do the running or the walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we wish you good luck and thank you so much for this inspiring interview. Thank you, Nava. No worries. Thanks for having me. What a cool conversation. Enda, enda, go, go. What are you taking away? Put on your shoes, go for a run. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday with interesting people, inspiring people. Follow them, learn from them. And also get the book, Take It From The Iron Woman, Global Business Coaching with Sports Parallels. Thank you for your support and see you next time. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you.